Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Doddsville. Mm, that would be weird. Population 69. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. Doddsville, you B- said? Big drop from 2010 to 2020 in the census. From 98 to 69. Oh. Goodness, everybody's boy. just leaving Doddsville like there's no tomorrow. Sunflower County. Sunflower County. How about that? Goodness gracious. Well, wherever you are in our great state... Uh, 69. 69 people living in Doddsville. That's but wild. If you, if you are a listener of the, this podcast and you're from Doddsville, please let us know. <clears throat> please let us know. And, and try to turn it on to the other 68 people in I know town. some people from Sunflower County. I'm yeah. interested to know if they are from well, Drew Doddsville. is in Sunflower County. So it's not, you know, they, yep. there's a, a decent sized town there. Wherever you we are played, in our... Winston Academy played a classic ball game at North Sunflower mm-hmm. uh, in 97, oh, yeah? maybe. And um, one of the all-time classics. And that that's the only thing that I r- truly know about and, and remember about Sunflower County. There you go. Well, wherever you are in our great state, it's just a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. You can be enjoying some great coffee, including, including the new maple bacon pancake coffee. Now that... It's it's a breakfast in a cup. It's everything you want. It's going to be sweet and salty and, and all that good stuff, all those great flavors, and, of course, the great Strange Brew Coffee. Check it out, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I have uh, heard your, your, your request last night. A few of y'all tweeted at me about the cool state pullover that Jans was wearing, Chris Jans was wearing. Uh, Pass that up the chain to the guys at College Corner. They're going to try to get that in as soon as they have it. I will let you know, and we can get that ordered. I thought it was sweet myself. Uh, and, of course, anything you're looking for from College Corner, they've got it maroon and white, or black and white in this instance. Check them out, collegecornerstore.com, or either of their two locations in the Jackson area, originally by Fleet Feet Flowwood by the Half Shell. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's finest dining, be it for lunch with the best blue plate in town or the white tablecloth uh, after, uh, after hours, wherever you're looking for. They've got you at, at Restaurant Tyler. And, of course, don't forget about going to the guest room, the uh, great speakeasy around back of Restaurant Tyler where you can get the same great food and enjoy their custom cocktails. It's a great time every time at the guest room. Robbie, we're going to jump into this uh, this thing we've been talking about for the past few days about the Mississippi State media poll and looking back and, and getting everybody's see, seeing how everybody kind of did. So 
we're going to just jump right into that. And uh, let's let's recap whoever who all picked. So you and I, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then from your uh, website, Steve Robertson and Paul Jones. Uh, Stefan Krajnik from the Clarion Ledger. Yes, I, I, I really stress the crack and the, the Krajnik. Uh, Theo DeRosa from the Commercial Dispatch. John Sokoloff from WCBI Sports. I didn't see this at the time, but he typed in here, Lane Kiffin to Auburn. That's weird. I, did, I didn't notice. Uh, <laughs> Grace Ibarra, also from uh, WCBI Sports. Matt St. Jean, who's no longer with WTVA Sports, uh, has moved on to Fayetteville, but he was on this. Uh, and from Cowbell Corner, Chrissy Foyd and Elizabeth Keene. And then, of course, the King of the South, Brandon Walker, was with us as well from Barstool Sports. Right off the top, congratulations to me and you, to Steve, to Theo, and to John. We had the eight and four pegged. That's not right for you, though, I don't think. I thought you said seven and five. I switched at the last second. At the last second, okay. Yeah, I was, because you messaged me and you're like, all right, you said, you've said eight wins, you said seven wins. Okay. And I said, all right, let's just go with eight. Okay. So at the the very end, I was like, hey, just change it, change it to eight. Okay, okay. Well, then we got it. Uh, nobody was lower than seven and five, uh, and that would have been Stefan, Grace, and Matt. And then you had a few nine and threes: Paul, Brandon, Chrissy, and Elizabeth. All the nine and threes in, cre- in reality should have been correct. Mm-hmm. State should never have lost to Kentucky, but they did. But eight and four, and of course, I will give myself extra credit for I had every game correctly picked in the preseason. I, I, Not you know, bad. I don't. I try to be humble on this show. I try, you know, I never, I don't like to take a lot of credit, but that's one I'm going to take, you know, because I have been getting crap for bad predictions for years. <laughs> that's what I'm going to jump in on. So, uh, yeah, the only one that we that we missed on during the well, no, we had a couple we missed on in the season, but Kentucky was one of those that we changed. Mm-hmm. We, you and I both said State was going to lose that Kentucky game right. before the season, right? And then during the season we changed it. Mm-hmm. And in two years when they go to Kentucky, I'm picking Kentucky. As you should. As you should. Not falling for that again? No. No, absolutely not. Uh, All right. Our second question was, will Rodgers over 5,000 yards passing? Obviously, the answer was no. Uh, So the no's that were correct, Robbie Falk, Stefan Krasnick, Theo DeRosa, Brandon Walker, John Sokoloff, and Elizabeth Keene. I was a yes, and I mean, at the time, my logic made a lot of sense to me. He had thrown for 47 and change the year before, it was not going to take a huge jump for him to get to 5,000. The problem is, after week six, the jump, it, it, instead of a jump, it became a, a jump downwards for mm-hmm. him. I really, let me, going back, let me see. I, I meant to do this. I, I may have to just sort of kind of go through it uh, live on the air here, but I want to know what kind of pace he was on prior to the Kentucky game. So if we look at the game log here. He was on a pretty good pace for yeah. a while, and then it got kind of cut so, up. So, if you look at game by game, Memphis, Arizona, now obviously the LSU game brought him down, but then he had good games against Bowling Green and a good game against Arkansas. So that's one, two, three, four, that's six games. He was throwing for 353 yards per game. Had he maintained that pace for a 13-game season, he would have thrown for 45.95. So still down a little bit, but he was on pace for another monster year. But then, as we as we all know, he went from averaging 353 in the first six games, and then in the second six games, it was way down from that. 
He only cracked. He only. He never cracked four hundred again. He only cracked three hundred twice. So in the last, uh, I guess seven games it is because you know the bowl games in there. He only averaged two hundred sixty-three yards passing per game. So that's a that's a that's a almost a hundred yard per game drop from Arkansas through the rest of the season. Started playing some defenses that I think figured him out a little bit, mm-hmm. and he wasn't playing his best. And didn't play with he didn't have any confidence there towards the end. Yeah, I don't know what it was um, this year. I, I don't know if it was, you know, last year he had that steadiness with Makai Polk, mm-hmm. a wide receiver. He could just throw it to him, and more often than not, he was going to make a play. I think State was a lot more up and down with their receivers this year. You had a lot of inconsistencies with Ra Ra Thomas, Caleb Ducking would kind of disappear for a little bit. You know, Tula Griffin was kind of getting lost on the outside a little bit because, in my opinion, he's playing out of position. So there were more receivers, but there wasn't that bona fide guy that he could really trust in. So I think that might have had something to do with it, too. But he definitely took a step back. I I was a little surprised. And didn't get over 4,000 either, did he? No, no. Uh He was like a few yards shy. Finished the season with 3,974 yards. So, yeah. Threw for more touchdowns than he did a season ago, I believe. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. He was one less. 35 touch. He threw for one fewer touchdown and one fewer interception than he did a season ago. So, hmm. uh, next up, will Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson combine for over 1,000 yards this season? The yeses got it on this one. They combined for 1,060 yards. Hmm. Barely got there. And that's with Dylan Johnson not playing. At least three games, right? He didn't play against Alabama. And, he didn't play against Auburn. And basically didn't play against... And didn't play much against ba- Georgia. Against and, Kentucky. And, and, well, yeah, against Kentucky. And didn't play in the bowl game. So he missed... This would have been way over. Yeah. Way over. Um, I was a yes, I know. You were a yes. The yeses were correct on this one. You, Steve, You, you were Paul, a no. I was a no. Paul, Stefan, Grace, Matt, Chrissy, and Elizabeth. The only no's were John, Brandon, Theo, and myself. I mean, I just didn't think. And I thought, you know, five thousand yards passing, they're, they're not going to run the ball as much. You know, I, I really was a I got to see it to believe it kind of guy. And then I almost ended up being right. We're gonna, we're going to have to completely flip this thing next. year. Oh, next year, yeah. The, the questions will be totally different. It's going to be year. back to like you know well, what Joe, Mississippi State well, football it'll be, was. Will, will Marks rush for a thousand yards? Next yeah. Year? Will yeah. Mississippi State throw for yeah three thousand? All right. Who will Mississippi State's leading receiver from the wide receiver position be? Was anybody right on this? So here's how we got to look at it, right? From a catches perspective, the answer was Rufus Harvey. From a yards perspective, it was Ra Ra Thomas. Mm-hmm. That being said, well, what, uh, literally what you, nobody got it right. What What do you call like the leading receiver? Like, I would most say catches. catches. So, so that was Rufus, right? That was Rufus. Nobody had Rufus. And honestly, nobody had Ra-Ra either. So Jaden Wally was the most popular guy. He was selected by one, two, three, four. I'll just list them off. Robbie, Steve, Paul, Stefan, Theo, Brandon, John, Matt, and Elizabeth all said Jaden Wally. Uh, I said Tulu Griffin. Grace said Caleb Ducking. She really went out on a limb, but she was ahead of the curve at least. You know, she had been warned, I guess. That, uh, that that Caleb Ducking was going to have a, a year. And then Chris, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get that. And then Christy went with Austin Williams. 
and none of us were correct. Rufus Harvey kind of came out of nowhere to be the leading receiver in terms of catches on this team. And then Ra-Ra Thomas, I'm not overly surprised that he had a big year, but he, he led the team in receiving yards. And nobody, I, I, I am surprised that nobody went with him because I think we all yeah. felt like he was going to have a big year. I should have I should have thought he was going to do bigger things than yeah. he did, but I just you know, Wally is a guy. I I, I thought th- Wally was going to bounce back, and I thought he did by the end of the year. I thought he was much better. He was much better by the end of the year. Yeah, I think Wally is a guy who could move outside now. Might be a little and better I, outside. You might switch him and Tulu. Might be a little better outside. Like if you tell me you're start, you're going to go three wide, and you've got Wally and Robinson on the outside, and Tulu in the slot. Mm-hmm. I feel really good about that. I'm intrigued to see. What they do? We need to sit down with Barbe and be like, "What? What are you doing? Yeah, what's what's? Tell us what's going on." I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this offense. Yeah. All right. So that's that question there. Will Mississippi State be top five in the SEC in total defense? There was one no. Matt St. Jean, congrats. He was the only. He got it correct. Everybody else said yes. Uh, Total defense, which to me is you know by yardage, Mm -hmm. State was seventh. But moved up later in the season. In yeah, the last two games. Last two games up. was better. Well, hold on. Is this? Well, hold on. I may be incorrect here. Hold on. I'm wrong. Matt was wrong. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't uh, sorted the the correct way. State was fifth. Yeah. State was fifth in total defense. So and everybody, I thought at times were were better than the numbers suggested. I agree with that. But yeah, if by by the numbers they were fifth in total defense. So everybody right except for Matt. I thought Matt it was like a, a soothsayer there. And uh, he was not. So there you go. He was fifth. Our Rhode Island State was fifth. man. Yeah, isn't he from Rhode Island? He's from that area. Yeah, he's, he's from New England. I thought he was Rhode Island. From, he's from Quahog. Is he? Yeah. All right. Oh, always fun. Which game was? Which game would you predict MSU to win that they are most likely to lose? Shout out to me and John Sokoloff for saying the Egg Bowl because that was right on the damn money. Uh, Robbie was correct that State was going to beat Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve and Paul both said State was likely going to win the Kentucky game, but most likely to lose. So I guess they were technically correct there. Yeah, Technically correct is the best kind of correct. Uh, Stef- well, technically. Yeah. Stefan said LSU. I mean, that, that could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. Theo went with Arkansas. That game was never really close. Mm-mm. But I, at the time, though, you got to remember, these predictions are done back in, uh, in August. At that time, Arkansas was a top fifteen team. Theo's a very negative person. He had he had state winning five games two years ago or last year. Then you got Brandon Walker just going off the damn deep end and saying Georgia. Yes, he was adamant that that, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be a, a decent game too. But he was adamant state was going to up, upset yes, Georgia. It was for the season. Uh, Grace also with LSU. Matt and Chrissy had no faith in the Bulldogs. They they had Memphis. What state was likely to lose to Memphis? No. And then Elizabeth said Auburn. She's kind of on the money there, too. State. That was a game that State yeah, could have easily close. lost. Uh, which game would you predict State to lose they are most likely to win? I said LSU. They, they, they had a chance. Mm-hmm. You said Ole Miss because you were predicting a loss in the Egg Bowl, mm-hmm. but you were correct. They were most likely to win it. Steve went with Texas A&M, so he was predicting State to lose to A&M. I guess at that time, though, A&M was a preseason top 10 team. Here's the thing. I... Didn't when I told you to change my prediction mm-hmm. for my total, was it, I, it was Ole Miss. Yeah, that I that I said they were going to win. Yeah, okay. So I should have come back and corrected uh, that too. Well. 
I don't know who I would have said. Now, this is a time. lot of this is a lot of behind the scenes wrangling is what's happening. Yep. Uh, also with A and M that on this uh, chart, Theo and Elizabeth, uh, Paul went with LSU. As did uh, Matts. They were with me on that one. Stefan and uh, Grace also went with the Egg Bowl. Uh, Brandon and John went with Kentucky. So they had State losing to Kentucky. And then Chrissy, her predictions were weird in that she said State's going to beat Memphis, but that's the most likely loss. And then she had State losing to Georgia, but that was the most likely win. I'm pretty sure that this was the... That like she was the one last year that you were like I need to sit down with her yeah. and figure well, out. Well, she had state nine the, and three, right? So obviously Georgia and then Alabama were probably two of those losses. Who was the third loss, and why was she more confident state could beat Georgia than that team? No idea. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what worked out for. Her. So that's it. That's our media projections. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. We were. We, we were all within one game of State's f- final regular season record. Nobody was more than one game. I think you and I were like right on the money with State and Ole Miss this year. I had Ole Miss seven and five. You had them eight and four. I had yep. them losing to Kentucky. Yeah. Which, if their damn wide receiver could st- sit still for a second, they would have won. I had them beating Kentucky and losing to Auburn. So I guess it kind of. You had them losing to Auburn? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You had them like bottoming out there at the end. That's yep. right. That's I right. thought Auburn would win that. And I mean, quite frankly, Auburn was a dumpster fire, and and still put a shock into him a little bit. So yeah, but I think you and I were pretty close on we both of those teams. We did good. I'm already looking forward to next year and doing this the yeah, the media poll with you guys again. Should be a lot of fun. Yay! Yay! All right, let's move on into the uh, next part of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're going to be cooking out, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the the grill. And of course, if you're staying in and you got to break out the Dutch oven, big pot of chili, big pot of beef stew, those are all great ideas to keep you warm this winter. If you're looking for recipes, go to msbeef.org. You can also find out a lot more information about our great beef producers here in the state of Mississippi. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern Soul Food. This weekend, if you're going to be in town for uh, basketball, or any weekend you're in town in here in Starkville, you need to make a trip to Two Brothers. So great. Good food. Good people. Great location right there in the heart of the Cotton District. You can't go wrong with a trip to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. Advantage Businesses will deliver it to you. and They've got 48 years of experience backing them up on that. When you need technology, you call Advantage Business Systems. They've got the products and the brand names that you trust. And then if you do need service, you get to call them right back and talk to the same person who made you the sale. They build that kind of relationship with you through the years. They treat their customers like neighbors, not a number. That's 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue. Check out the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, great-looking polos and quarter zips, great name brands, and the quality and service you've come to expect when you're talking about The Rogue, one of the South's top men clothing store, men's clothing stores. They've got the logos that you want, the M over S, the Walking Bully, the Script State. They've got great polos. They've got great quarter zips, all fantastic-looking. You don't look like a walking billboard for a zoo when you walk into The Rogue. 
You get great shirts, great quality products. Make an investment in yourself by shopping at The Rogue. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Well, I guess that's it. Tula Griffin will stay at Mississippi State. Robbie? Do we play the Cruton song? No, we do not. I I, I love Paul's uh, tweet about it. I, I thought that was really funny. If, if you missed that on uh, on Twitter, when, when Tulu announced that he would be staying, uh, Paul tweeted, but where did it go? Where did it go? Mississippi State adds Mississippi State transfer. Fantastic. I thought it could have, you could have also gone with State fills the hole left by Tulu Griffin with Tulu Griffin. But Tulu Griffin will be back. I want to say this. Regardless of your personal feelings towards this, and a lot of you obviously had them, and a lot of you were obviously up in them at times, Mississippi State is a better football team with Tulu Griffin on it than without. I think everybody can, everybody should be able to agree to that, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, if you're, we said it the first day we talked about it, if you're out there saying that he's not any good or you don't need him anyway, then you're just bitter at this point. You need players like Tulu Griffin on your team. There's a reason why people were trying to backdoor him and try to get him out of the get him into the portal and recruit him. P- people in the SEC wanted him and beyond. So uh, <clears throat> if he would have just been, which again I don't believe that he had the contact tag on him, which sometimes, oftentimes doesn't even matter. But had he been open to taking visits and things like that, he would have taken visits to some SEC West schools, some bigger names out there in college football because he would have been a wanted man. And he helps your team, both in special teams and in this offense moving forward. He's not, he has not been as effective as a wide receiver that a lot, as a lot of people want him to be because I don't believe he was used correctly. Mm-hmm. And this offense, hopefully that changes. And if they do what they need to do and get the ball in his hands eight to ten times a game – then you're going to see just how effective of a player he can be. So it's it's very good for Mississippi State to get this guy back for another season. He's too talented of a player uh, to just you know kind of wish away. It was an annoying thing to follow. I get it. the The message board has continued to be just off the charts, uh, weird and wild over the last few uh, weeks or couple of months. Um, and th- this was something that just threw fuel in the fire, but he's back. That's all that matters. Let's move on. It's kind of interesting that State had had two All-American re- return men this year in Xavion Thomas and Tula Griffin, and they both entered the transfer portal, and they both came back to Mississippi State. And one of them was recruiting the other one, and then the yeah. other one was recruiting him. And, uh, it's just, this is the, the fact of the matter, folks. Like uh, To quote the greatest professional wrestler of all time, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Like it or don't like it, you're going to have to learn to love it. Yep. Because this is how this is the nature of the beast now. This is how things are going to go forward uh, for Mississippi State and for all schools, to be totally honest with you. Um, and now, you know, with the portal, you know, the, today is the last day as we're recording that you can enter the portal. Now, anybody who's still in the portal can still be recruited, still visit schools, things of that nature. But, it, you know, there's another window coming up in May, and that's where you think Mississippi State's going to be a little bit busier in trying to, to procure offensive talent, specifically another quarterback, 
Um, obviously, if so, a few tight ends, and then if there's yeah, a playmaking you're have receiver, wave. yeah, if there's another playmaking receiver that you like, or if there's an offensive lineman you feel you can't pass up on, that's where they're, they're going to strike there. But it's it. This, I think state will be quiet for the next until after spring practice. There, there's going to be some guys probably that they bring in the next couple of weeks, but um, like I said, there's going to be another wave of transfers because there's going to be quarterbacks that don't win their starting jobs at other schools that are looking for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be wide receivers, tight ends, guys like that just looking for other opportunities. So, And again, I mean, people keep talking about the need to go get these portal guys. I mean, you're looking at right now basically a tight end or two and a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And who? what else? I mean, I said if, if there's a states down to only a couple of spots they need to fill. If 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 there's a receiver that you can't pass up, needs to be a needs to be a a, a like true no lineman. doubt guy. Yeah. I don't think you go stretch or, on anybody. Is there an offensive lineman that you can't pass up? You know, I don't think there's a running back out there, but right now anyway, that would make state go. We need to get that guy. Yeah, I think you feel pretty good with Marks, Price, Pittman, and uh, and Davis, especially when you consider that. I think, I think they would Griffin take and Thomas will probably have a bigger role in the running game this year. I think they would take uh, Dylan Johnson back if Dylan Johnson. Let's talk about that for a second because that was reported, I think, by Paul the other day, Paul Jones, that that Mississippi State still, even though he's committed to Washington, still working to try to bring him back into the fold. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Me and Paul compared notes on that, and um, Mississippi State is very much interested Are in Dylan Johnson coming back. Uh, not really, because you know you got a new regime, and I know, I understand that Zach Arnett would very much like for Dylan Johnson to return, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of in Dylan's hands. I know that South Carolina's gotten in the mix with him. I think he visited up there or is going to visit. Mm-hmm. So that's a team to watch. So obviously, obviously he's looking at other places. So that that Washington commitment is wavering a little bit, it seems, but. I mean, if you get him back, then your running game is is very strong heading into this next year with this new offense. Uh, I'm not sure if he wants to come back. You know, he might he he might feel like that ship is sailed. He's ready to move on. And if that's the case, I, th- I still think State's in pretty good shape at running back. Mm-hmm. So the question remains: Are they going? They they were looking at other running backs. I know Rodriguez Clark was a guy that they were looking at. He ended up going really? to Southern Miss. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jason Washington was in contact with him, visited with him a couple of times. Um, but he ended up going to Southern Miss, which is probably a better opportunity for him. He's going to probably have some more uh, reps there. But mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the thing. I mean, State just needs a, a quarterback, maybe a couple of tight ends, and those are the really the major needs for you out of the transfer portal. Everything else is pretty much done. And you got to have some guys leave too. Yeah, The numbers are not there to go get a bunch of portal guys. How does State do spring practice if they don't have any tight ends? What does that look like? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you almost feel positive at that point they'd at least give Antonio Harmon a look there. You would think maybe but there's not really another receiver that you feel like could make that switch down. Do you? Yeah, I don't know. Do you look at like some guys on defense and say, "Let's just give this a look"? Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I feel like a you got to go get or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Unless you just change the like the offense this year doesn't utilize a tight end. Uh, and he has some different formations where he's not well, using I mean, the tight the thing, ends. That seems they're like that's those his... guys, and the, they're going to get tight ends. But it's just like think. in the spring, I don't know what they're going to be able. You know how much they can install there. Yeah, I don't know. It's 
it's a difficult situation because the air raid did not use tight ends, so yeah. they completely eliminated that position. Yeah. So that that's the only position that's kind of concerning for you with the talent that you already have on campus. You have some good receivers. You have some good running backs. Mm-hmm. The offensive linemen are uh, you have several built for this type of offense. You got a quarterback that can run this offense. Tight ends the only spot where you look at and like, dang, you actually don't have anybody for that role. I think Antonio Harmon could fit that role, but that remains to be seen what they do there. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, a process for them, but they definitely need to go out there and they have they have plenty to sell. Mm-hmm. You come in, you are the starting tight end. Like there's, and if there's another guy, then it's you and him. But you're not going to be playing behind, you know, a bunch of guys like you. We're relying on you. You're going to get a ton of reps. So there's plenty of sell for this this offense moving forward at the tight end position. Yeah, I agree with you at that for sure. I mean, we've talked about like it's difficult to get quarterback or difficult to do this, that, and the other. But tight end, it's going to be like there's literally no one here. Yeah. You will have every – and we're going to run a lot of two tight sets. Yep. So you have every opportunity to come in and play immediately. So, By the I, way, how, how big of a dumpster fire is the situation with – Eric Gilbert, if nobody's touching that guy, I think he he, he is unfortunately going to end up one of those those cautionary tales. Yeah, you know, a guy who had all the talent in the world and could have been a long time pro and ends up doing nothing. And I mean, that, probably ends up being tragedy. If I, I mean, Ole Miss that. isn't even touching that guy, and you know, like they're all about the perception. Yeah, and even that's, if he and that's an offense that could use a tight end, even if he doesn't play for them, yeah. they can say, "Oh, we got a former five star." Yeah, and, and they're he, not touching. Twenty four seven would still rate him a five star. Yeah, they're not touching him. Yeah, it's 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 so, tough. I, I, I fear for his future. I hope I hope he's able to get his life together because yeah. it's, it's it's he's got all the talent in the world. Um, but we'll see how that goes. All right. On tomorrow's show, we'll look ahead to Mississippi State versus uh, Florida. Uh, we may have some more recruiting to talk. Uh, we may also have uh, maybe, maybe a little more baseball talk tomorrow. Look around the SEC a little bit. Maybe we'll do that. We'll see. All right, guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.